Russia. Yeah, what, what we've seen recently. So, I mean, I've been to cinema quite a lot. You've yeah, you've seen a few films um, since we've all been together. Mate, so a few we've seen Searching. A lot of us. Searching. Yeah, yeah. No. So right, you saw I, that. Can I say something that might be slightly controversial? Yeah. Oh, okay. we like controversial. Searching's better than Black Klansman. Yeah, to be fair, like I, didn't see I it, enjoyed so. it more, but then I, I think they're very different films. Yeah. So, ser- have you seen it, Ollie? No. So, Searching is Black Klansman's slightly overrated. Sorry. Just Bla- slightly, <laughs> so, Searching's a, a thriller film focused on an Asian American family, which is pretty. Um, rare. rare in Hollywood, mm. um, so it's quite a big step for Hollywood. Like, it's, I think it's Sony produced it, um, and it's about a father whose whose daughter kind of goes missing, um, and he he just try he, you know he's working with the police to try and find her, um, but it's all presented through like a PC screen. Mm. So you see kind of like fa- they use like FaceTime, they'll use like YouTube clips, things like that. Um, just to establish what's going on. It's, it's like the scary modernization of society, really, isn't it? This is how a lot of people perceive life now. And yeah. I, mm. I, from, I actually do appreciate the way they've done it because I, although I'm not a parent, I can understand from a parent's perspective, you have zero clue what your child is doing on the internet. Unless, it, you, yeah. unless you go on their computer and do their search history, in which yeah. case... You can go incognito mode and like, <laughs> yeah. and no one. I don't. I, I personally don't actually know how to use that mode. But I didn't even learn about incognito until I was like twenty. Yeah, mate. Like, but, but do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? This this, this today's society is so caught up in. I, and I'm one of the people. I'm one of the people caught but up. But that's in the, the, like how much of your lives do your parents know about you? Do you think honestly? I, I think like they my, know everything. Yeah, I, I feel tell like my everything. parents know quite a lot. Oh. See, I don't think my parents know any like that much. Really? Like, not that I have anything to hide. Yeah. But I just think, you know, if if I said to my mum, "Well, how many of my friends' names do you know?" She would oh. probably be able to name like three or four. And if she said, "Oh, what did I?" You know. Who did I go on holiday with? She probably wouldn't. She my mum probably named one. Have you got your mum's on Facebook? No, my mum doesn't have. She Facebook. only knows Ant because she likes to make the joke. Oh, Ant, where's Deck? That's literally the only. That's literally. <laughs> well, well, I was oh, that's, so <laughs> that's, that's literally the only one she knows. She's got me. She's she don't know, she know my name. I'm not gonna lie, to her, she don't. Oh she, if you, <laughs> if so you walk past you so in the street, years. she would not recognize you. I'm not oh. gonna lie. Sorry, mate. Yeah. So I mean, I thought white people look the same, innit? God, don't. Um. So yeah, I thought the film was really. In, like engaging, really entertaining, thrilling. Um, I like so I couldn't guess the get, guess the ending. No. Um, I thought it gripped me throughout. I thought first five minutes it took me quite a while to get used to the the conceit of it. I didn't so, realize that was going to be throughout the whole thing. No, that's I, the thing. You told me that, and I thought that was going to annoy me. But actually, I thought it was. Fine. Yeah, it, you kind of forgot about it. Flows, it flows, doesn't it, quite well? Yeah. Because it starts like that, you kind of like oh. That's, yeah. that's what it's going to be. Only, sorry, sorry, Glenn. The only problem I have with it is I said to Chris after the film, no one FaceTimes that much. Well, no. Okay. No one FaceTimes no. that okay. much. So, like, I appreciate that. But however, however, none of us here, thank God. Like, Keep the mic uh, uh, your face. Parents haven't passed away. Yeah. And like, so we we don't have that like, don't have real that attachment where our parent wants to know everything about us, I think. And I think it's, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, and we're not we're not from America, so I don't know how much more Americans use it. And like, like I don't have a MacBook, so I don't I don't particularly have Facebook pop up on my MacBook all the time. But because that's what it looked like to me, I don't know if that was actually the case. Or yeah, I think I think it's different, obviously, because um, it f- it seems like the mother was always the one taking care of the the daughter, mm. and that he was playing a very kind of you know stereotypical hands off male role. He was 
wasn't he? Recording it all though, wasn't he? Recording what? As in like home, home videos. Oh right, and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. But so like he had that detachment, and so obviously, yeah, he just thought. You know, she's got friends on Facebook, so they must be her actual friends. But like, I've got so many people oh, yeah. I have on Facebook. I, 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 some of them, I'm like, I, I actually just don't leave, know how I, I just know leave you. things lying around. See if she picks up, on, just like around the house, and she's like, "What's this?" <laughs> I think like she's got. She had like no. I felt kind of bad because she like had like, yeah, no I just, mates, basically. I thought John Cho was really his acting was really compelling. Oh, yeah. um, he looks great for 46. I'm not I, know. Like, I forgot he was in American Pie. Yeah, yeah, um, and Harold and Kumar. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, but that's I thought also, so I mean, I think they did stretch the conceit a little bit. Like, so you know, when they've got the news clips from ABC, um, Sorry. Go on. when when they on ABC and it's popping up and it's showing you like him at the scene and all that sort of stuff. I was thinking, how has that come up? Mm. Like, so they've obviously stretched it a little bit. Like suspend your disbelief. Do you know what? Sorry, do you know what bit I thought was great? Was <laughs> when like, it's like quite near the end, yeah. When um, just after they've caught the uh, spoiler. Just after they caught the um, detective and the fact yeah. that she did it, and it's when they do like the the um, bird's eye view shot of them driving, and then them turned around and yeah, and, then, yeah. and then she went, she would only need to, to survive two days. There was a storm on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, it was snap. <laughs> yeah, I think also. So I thought the, the the first few minutes when it um sets up like the mother and relationship and then her her death. Like you know, through the home videos and the creator profile, that mm. sort of thing. I thought that di- that was done really well. Oh, yeah. um, I thought the information dump at the end, all the exposition, when it was like basically the detective just telling us all the story. Yeah. I was like, mm, could you not have thought of a little bit more of an inventive way to do that? And I also, I didn't see it coming, which is good. Yeah. But also, either. I kind of wanted a little bit more hint that it was mm. the son because mm. you basically only see him. Once. once when he comes in yeah. and the mother gets rid of him quickly which the, thing is, the, the, the hint the hint is that when um when she tells a story about her son selling the uh the that's charity tickets and she covered up for his lie yeah that's that's, that's, so that's, that's the only hint you get so so because of that and then when he came in the room and she was like shooing him away i thought that was really for me that was really out of place for her character that was so yeah. bizarre for her to be like she was really like rushing him out and that like to me, that that clicked something, but not enough for me to go. It was him. It was yeah. just like that's yeah. really odd. And I thought she was. I just. And then it's like the thing is, no one spots it when she's like, um, he's he goes to the, the the lake and he's like, oh my god, you told me she must have run away. She must have run away. And like, I found her key ring. And she goes, have you told anyone? That yeah. was the killer yeah, clue yeah, yeah, that true. no one spots because no policeman would have been like, have you told and anyone? You the police, because. Yeah. If you can't get hold of your policeman, you're gonna call the nine nine or nine one one and be yeah. like, "I found something." That's true. But she was like proper on it and proper diverting it. But I'll tell you what, that that ending was sick. She did it spot on as well. Like, I also asked. I mean, Chris had like a little conversation about this. So, like, what sentence did you think that the policewoman got? Because the girl lived, so obviously, like, there was no technically, there's no murder. Well, so you've got I've, like she's obstructing the course of justice or whatever it's called. Yeah, but I think um, like, what else? What else can you? you get for that well i think she she would have had a hand in that um the convict's suicide oh yeah oh shit yeah so she was so it was like covering up but how do you prove that she admitted it yeah she admitted oh okay and also yeah so i reckon she would and also also, it's kind of like the face property because she put the car in the lake yeah and also like she's just I i know she is a detective but she was pretending to be one 
because she wasn't assigned the case. Mm. Yeah, but, oh, I don't know. Oh, but, no, no, she volunteered. She, she volunteered. Oh, yeah, so that's it. It's a bit um, different. Um, she also created fake profile or, of yeah. someone. I mm. think that's, you're not allowed to do that, are you? That's I don't think she would have got a massive sentence, but I think she would have obviously lost I think her, her career. I so. think her son would have got a bigger one. I think that sounds like mentally ill, so he probably would have gone to like a I'm psychiatric I'm school. surprised. Yeah. that You know when they take um, the daughter, um, what's her name? Did it begin with the name? Margot. Margot, that's it. When they pull her up on the gurney from the, the canyon, they're like, <laughs> her arms are by her side, and then they fling her arms across her chest, and I'm thinking, if she's fallen down a ravine, she's probably broken yeah. both of her arms. Yeah, but I think, isn't that to do something? I thought it was, like, he reminded me of The Simpsons, you know when Homer falls down that thing, <laughs> and they're bringing him up, and he's like banging his head <laughs> up, against the, <laughs> up against the cliffs, and he kind of drops back down again. So, I want to pick, unless anyone's got anything else to mention about searching, I just want to, like, unpick why you thought it was better than Black Klansman. Mm. Is it to do with possibly your expectations um, of both of them? Uh, just kind of, yeah, explain a little bit about Black Klansman and, and how it was lesser than the searching. So to me, I enjoyed, like, don't get me wrong, I did enjoy Black Klansman, but I feel like it was built up to me to be like, you know, you know how like, you know, like Get Out and Moonlight yeah. and, you know, big films for like, you know, like the black community and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Big iconic one that's yeah. like going to represent something. That's and also like it's Spike Lee and he's yeah. what known like since the 80s of being like quite um, outspoken mm. about kind of African-American issues. Mm. So, was that, yeah, I guess to that. So it's not that it didn't deliver. I just thought that it was a bit, I don't know, it was a bit flat. And I'm not sure if that's the performance of... Um, the lead actor John uh, David Washington, John David Washington yeah. it just seems like such a great story yeah okay, so, so let's explain the story then so the story is it's based on a true story it was the end of the 70s I think so you've got Ron Stallworth Stallworth he is uh, the first African American um, police chief in the Colorado Springs Police Department mm. uh, and he is quite keen to be like undercover um, and he kind of gets assigned to um, Kwame. Um, oh, I can't remember his surname. There's so a game of tea. There's a yeah. So like a, a kind of Black Panther speaker called Kwame, um, and he goes yeah. He the chiefs agree for him to go on the cover, um, and then this leads him on to becoming um, like involved within the KKK. Um, so he calls them up. He wants to infiltrate them, and he needs uh, a, a white man basically to pass as his um, the other Ron Stallworth. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so the real Ron Stallworth is the voice and the brains, and then um, Adam Driver's character is the face. Mm. Um, was Adam Driver good in it? It was fine. Adam, I thought Adam Driver was all right in it. Um, I think yeah. So and then yeah. So basically, you just kind of see about how the KKK have been under, you know, completely hoodwinked. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, that's the story. Um, it's quite a, obviously, kind of brilliant story in a way, mm. um, how we managed to get away with it. But It's just like a massive insult to the KKK, and I just think it's so funny. that cause he, fuck you. Because I saw some, uh, like, interviews of him, and he was like, oh, and this is my KKK uh, membership card yeah. that he, like, keeps yeah. in his wallet, and he's got, like, a certificate... <laughs> And it's like signed by the Grand Wizard or whatever. Yeah. What a massive insult. That's <laughs> so great. <laughs> so you said it was a bit flat. Yeah. So what about it was flat? I don't know. I just feel like... There wasn't I, it, was there I, any I, action? Or was there, there was, was a bit there of action. No yeah, action? Yeah, there was a bit of action. Like in... Well, mostly, at, mostly at right at the end, the action come about. 
But uh, I don't know. I just thought like the story. It did just about enough to keep me like properly engaged. Okay. But it didn't like over exceed my expectations. It if it it probably was just like under under my expectations. Obviously, because it, it's based on a true story, there's only so much you can like, you know, have so much you can work with. Yeah. So like, obviously, if that's what happened, that's what happened. And I was don't get me wrong, I was interested in what was going on, but I don't know. I just felt like I felt it. End, obviously, the end credits, the end scene, that's like really great, really powerful and stuff. Like so that. that was actual footage of yeah. the Louisiana. Was it Louisiana? Charlottesville. Charlottesville yeah. um, attacks yeah, like and KKK marches and all that stuff. And like, and it just, it like kind of shows that like, it was, the point of it was to say, this is still going on yeah, now sort of thing. You happening. know, like, look at who you've, look at who you've got as your president, you know, Donald Trump, all that stuff. Which which was great. Like, at the end of that, like everyone in the audience was just silent for a minute. Yeah. It was like, everyone was like, bloody hell, like, this is still going on. But, during the, I don't know, during the film, I just kind of felt like I wasn't as engaged as I thought I'd be. What were your expectations? Like, what did you think? Yeah, so you thought it'd be like a, a seminal film in the vein of Get Out. Like, yeah. did you think it'd be more overtly political? Maybe not, but I don't. I felt like it wasn't very cinematic. I don't know. If, okay. I don't know if you if you agree. It kind of felt, you know, in the way like Fences when you're watching it, it kind of felt like you was watching a play. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt like when I was watching this, and I, okay. I don't know. I might, think I might be the actors, but not that it was bad, but the actors. Um, John David Washington, his performance, because mm. I think he's got a very like. Um, I, I I don't think he has much charisma. To okay. be honest, I think, I think he's very like um, pan, deadpan. Sort yeah. Of thing. Okay. So well, I don't when know. you're following on from your father being Denzel well, Washington, there you bloody go, yeah, hell, exactly. But um, okay, so. Are we on Periscope? <laughs> Instagram love. Hey. Um, so obviously, I mean it's. In a way, what I think about it is I, I'm not necessarily the target audience. Mm. Um, and obviously, like, I've never experienced any of the thing that the, the African-American characters go through in this film. But I was wondering, like, what did this film go far enough? Because I feel like for Ron Stallworth, he's the first African-American police officer in an all-white police force. And there was only one racist one racist cop and he was quite caricatured yeah um and i feel like i mean maybe that was the case right because this is based on a true story mm. but i feel like even if that was the case if you you can take some artistic license um if the whole point is to show like how oppressed it was then i think we needed a little bit more because everyone was very pally pally and like oh yeah, yeah go ron you know they uh downplayed it didn't they because like the racism I don't know if it was because uh, it was PG thirteen or it was an R. It was an R because yeah. like when you yeah, N words were effing him flying. <laughs> were they? Were they? Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Even yeah. from white characters. Oh, just because I I, I only seen the trailer, so I would have known. There's like where a, I'm going from. I missed it. I mean, you probably saw it, but like right at the beginning, is it Alex Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's doing like a, some long, basically some long hate speech about yeah. black people and stuff like that, which I missed. I missed like half of it because the film started straight away instead of trailers. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. But um, I want to talk about that in a minute, actually. But um, yeah, so I think there was loads of all, like, loads of ex expletives, basically. So I'm not surprised it was rated 15. And obviously there was, like, a woman who was trying to, you know, bomb black people. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just kind of think, yeah. So, and also, like, the KKK were portrayed as a little bit bumbling. So there was, like, that fat guy with oh, the yeah. beers and he was just, like, an idiot. That, that was, you remember, he's in Itonia, isn't it? 
Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, where he's I'm from. Tonya, that's yeah. where I'm from. But yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if for me, I was thinking I thought there'd be much more kind of overt violence and racism. Yeah. Um, maybe that just isn't the story. So, but I just kind of that's what my expectation of it was, and I was wondering if yeah, maybe it was not necessarily downplayed, but maybe there's a bit of an a uh, bit of idealism mm. within it. So, uh, yeah, I was just wondering if you've got any thoughts on that. Um, that it was downplayed? M- not necessarily downplayed, but maybe, like, it could have gone further. I'm considering think, yeah. it's about the first black guy integrated, like... But maybe... maybe the, the KKK. Maybe um, he was trying to make it so it was more uplifting for, for a black person. You know how, like, yeah. in, you know how, like in, um, in Get Out, at the end, where, obviously, he... He um, escapes and whatnot. His mate comes. Yeah. Then you've got the alternate ending where he gets caught. True. But the uh, Jordan Peele said he wanted to make it so like the character is like kind of like, uplifted rather yeah. than the sad reality what would actually probably happen. So maybe in Spike Lee was kind of trying to do something similar rather than showing what probably actually happened. He kind of showed it as maybe more uplifting for the for the black character. But I take your point. But then does it not get undermined by having the Louisiana footage at the end because yeah, it's true. basically showing look. This is thirty odd years since mm. since this happened, and mm. if it, it, it's exactly the same, you've mm. still got David Duke being the Grand Wizard of KKK. You still got like oppression. What a stupid name, by the way. I know Grand Wizard. Um, and also, like they show footage from Birth of a Nation from nineteen fifteen, yeah. which I'd never I'd heard of it, but I'd never seen it, and yeah. I was shocked. Mm. Like, and all the white people are watching, they're like, "Oh yeah, this is a good." Yeah, thing. but then also you kind of think. <laughs> Actually, if Birth of a Nation came out in 1915 <laughs> and you see the footage of Louisiana at the end, which is 102 years later, yeah. nothing's changed no. in 102 years. Yeah. Very little has changed. Yeah. Even, even like, I'm going to kind of spill over into kind of like sports now, but like, you know how, uh, do you know uh, who Colin Kaepernick is? Yeah, he's the, the one who took the yeah, knee. Exactly, yeah. So the NFL star who, who um, yeah, who's, be, who's um, basically he's been really controversial in that he, knelt during the national anthem now those people hate him blah 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 blah. and now he's been sponsored by nike and there are people yeah. burning their nike clothes burning their shoes one guy burned trainers with the, the last name was still on his feet nike is an american-based company though they're fucking stupid but this is the thing they're, so like they're, people they're, people are so too people are so it kind of like uncovers their racism sort of thing yeah they're so angry about what oh this black person I is knelt during national anthem da, da, da. i saw uh, what he's actually a post doing on for. facebook and it said um, the last time a bunch of white people burned symbols in response to black people standing up for themselves was burning crosses a la the KKK. You so go. you're just thinking, fucking hell, it's like basically, it's and you know, the, similar. Yeah. Um, and I think it's ridiculous. Like this guy stood up for himself mm. and like, you know, a group that he's representing. In a non-violent way. And uh, America's the land of the free, free expression. But if you say something against Donald free. Trump, then... Free. You know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Bert says the people burning their nice clothes are fucking stupid. The guy who burnt his feet was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, it was to be fair. Yeah, we agree, Birch. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an odd topic. Uh, I, don't, I don't really... Yeah. I don't get what they, like did you say it? I don't get what they're getting out of it. Like, it's the thing. They're just going to make money out of it regardless. They've already given like, their money. So. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And apparently, I think... I think um, Someone was saying like online sales for Nike have gone up by like thirty percent since the thing yeah. was announced. So. And to be fair, exactly, Nike have got exactly what they were planning for. When they, they probably did this don't campaign. want those people as customers. That's yeah. the thing. <laughs> you know and I mean? the thing is, the thing is, 
like, let's not get it yeah. twisted. I doubt the, the CEOs and whatever and like actually give a shit about this particular issue. The fact they they probably had a strategy meeting and thought, can we make money off of this? Probably. Let's do it. So yeah. But it. did you notice in um in Black Klansman, I think it was David Duke mm. said oh, it was it wasn't let's make America great again, but it was very, very similar. It yeah, was yeah. like we want America to prosper again. And yeah. I was thinking you know, that's obviously a call to Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of Amer- references to white America. White America. White. I love the way he says that. <laughs> white. That was so good. Um, yeah, but I thought I thought I enjoyed it. Um, I did feel uncomfortable at a lot of what was happening, which I think was the point. Yeah. Um, and I think it works for both black and white people because obviously I'm looking at it thinking shit the the kkk what they're doing you know they're representing white power and mm. you know they they don't represent me but you know it's just kind of you kind of feel that i guess not guilt but you just think yeah shit this is this is what's happening and yeah. and you know people get tarnished with the same brush yeah. um because of it and there was cheering in the cinema and stuff when like the the race the KKK members got blown up and Do you know what I sorry sorry to interrupt you I didn't even clock they got blown up until like five minutes later oh really yeah I was thinking like, where the hell have they gone I thought it was, <laughs> it was one of those like ir- like ironic yeah. things um, no I did enjoy it but yeah I think from a pure entertainment point of view searching was Better. was more entertaining I think it, I think Black Clansman is is good not great okay in my opinion uh, out of ten seven. Mm, uh, yeah, and I think I'd give Searching a seven and a half. You reckon you'll watch it after these reviews, Ollie? No. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, we, uh, should we talk about a different film then? Uh, yeah, go on. You've, yeah, what have you been watching? You've dismantled this one. Yeah, what and, uh, I like it, I like it. I, I don't know if you've inspired me to go and watch it at the cinema, though. I'm not going to lie. I think you should watch it. You, you think should I should watch, watch it? Yeah. I, think, uh, I think... I would have watched it... F- uh, well, I was going to watch it f- Wednesday, but I wanted to see Equalizer 2, but they wouldn't let me swap my ticket. So, Did, so you didn't... Well, did, did you say anything? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what I was doing. Anyway, what were you going to say? I can't remember. Oh, okay. Well, I saw another film on that same on the same day. Oh, sorry. Sorry, mate. God, oh, we watched it. Oh, we God, saw, we yeah. saw an absolute phenomenal film. Oh, is it? Um, uh, thingy. The Meg. Yeah, I saw it. I knew I, that film was going to be shit, yeah, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I expected it to ever no. be good. Yeah. Um, it was like a... Because, again, I missed the first five minutes. Uh, two minutes, five minutes. You missed the first five, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the prologue. was a bit like tram was a bit late or slow. So, mm. but I missed the part where like they g- gave the background to Jason Statham's character. Yeah. And as to why he is not part of this research. So basically, anymore. so the Meg, yeah. So basically, it starts with Jason Statham. He's on a submarine, mm-hmm. um, and it starts in media's res, which basically means the story is already happening. Mm. Um, and he's rescuing some people because they've got into difficulties underwater. Um, and then you see like the hull uh, and the sides of the submarine being crushed. And they're like, oh, what, what is it? What is it? Um, and basically, he gets, I think there's like, I can't remember the exact number, but say there were seven people on board. He gets five of them to safety. And then he basically either has to save the other two, but everyone will die or he has to sacrifice those two. And so he chooses, obviously, to save the people. Um, and two people end up dying. And then one of one guy, um, who's the doc, 
Uh, just claiming that he could have saved him and yeah, that he was so just going mental. So that's his like guilt, and then you know he then he becomes an alcoholic living in Thailand, which is kind of how um, he seems like he has a pretty cushy life. I'm not that's kind lie. of how the mechanic resurrection starts. If you've ever seen that, yeah, film. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's somewhere else in the another shit losing. film. It's also Thailand, but um, yeah, and then the Meg basically um, there's a science science scientific experiment out at sea. They're on like an oil rig, and they basically think that at the Mariana Trench, which is in Asia, like thought to be the deepest point in the world they think actually there's a cloud of like co2, CO2 or, or some kind of gas um masking what's underneath and then so they actually penetrate this but that uh kind of <laughs> awakens a megalodon which is a prehistoric shark um because because they've because their ship's gone down it's not the fact the ship's gone down it's because a ship's gone down a ship's gone up a ship's gone down and a ship's gone up Go on. um and basically, it's made a hole in the CO2 layer, that, uh, well, a brief hole, which has allowed not only the Megalodon to come out, but it seems three other What's sharks. What's the Megalodon, sorry? It's, it's like, just, that's it's like a 75 yeah. foot or it's bigger than shark. any anything we've got on the planet at the moment. Yeah. Like uh, whales and that sort of like, thing. Is, is this an actual thing or is it fictional? It, 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 is, it was an actual prehistoric, thing. Prehistoric, apparently. But like, um, it, this, little, this little thing allowed a few different species of this fish to come out because they thought the because there's a point Big in the Megan film where they think they've Megan. killed it and i can tell i don't know if you could tell but i could tell they hadn't killed it and yeah it was pretty obvious the bigger fish came and ate it yeah so it's basically it's just like a big kind of b movie so they knew so it's they a fusion of deep of blue deep blue sea jaws well not jaws but i was gonna say Jurassic uh Park. pacific rim it's all Jurassic. and godzilla it's just a fusion. Sort of. That's a fusion. It's now, just Jason right? Statham doing Jason Statham. Yeah, I remember He's having fun with it. They're not taking themselves too seriously. They know they're not. Good. Because I, I remember we were talking about Jason Statham a while ago, and I was saying that I thought he was like, he's he's up there as I would class as a world-class actor, but you were like, no, the films he does are like really shit. I don't know. I think he plays as a very similar character. Like He doesn't tend to put on different accents. He doesn't tend to play many different characters like if you think expendables he's the hard man he's the hard man and and that's just what he is and he does it well did and he's, any, a he's, he's a very charismatic screen presence did he do any cool stunts uh, he did some like jumping into the water did he jump into the shark and then like beat up from the inside no he should have done do you know what they also Classic. missed the trick doing is going shut up meg <laughs> <laughs> that would have been hilarious um yeah I, it was it was shit but they knew it was shit. <laughs> it made more money than um, Solo, didn't it? Star Wars Solo. Did it? Yeah, Hunter. There's, there's already a, a film about like the world's biggest shark, though. I swear they've got loads of these. Yeah, and they've got Sharknado. Isn't what there is like, the, isn't there like six Sharknado with, films? Yeah. What is yeah. the obsession with shit shark is, movies? Like Pilarada 3D. When I was watching it, <laughs> when I, when I was watching it though, I was, all I could think of was Jaws was better. And even there was a film that came out last year or the year before called 47 Meters Down. Um, which wasn't good, but I was thinking, so the Meg is a 12A, but I kind of feel like they were originally pushing for a 15 because there was it was quite gory, but also there was parts where it cut away and I was thinking, oh, they definitely had footage of that, like ripping someone apart or whatever. And there wasn't much suspense. And I was thinking either you have suspense like 47 metres down, which is people trapped in a shark cage 47 metres underwater, mm. or you have like the kind of thrill and threat of kind of jaws attacking the beach which they do for very briefly they just kind of i felt like there were other films that did things in the meg better um and also this film is pretty much a b movie which is basically they know it you know tongue-in-cheek like not not traditionally they don't 
cost much to make. But this film had a budget of like $140 million, which is massive. Well, well, massive. So, but I would say that probably a massive proportion of that was to the actors they got. Because they have got quite a few famous actors in it and actresses. So they've got the... Um, the girl from Orange is New Black, the one Ruby Rose. Two, uh, Ruby Rose. The thing is, she's not a particularly established actress. No, she's not too. But so I, I can't imagine they're paying got, her bare. I reckon they would have paid a, a fair amount. I don't think so. Uh, Jason Statham, definitely. The guy who actually owns the whole oil rig, he's pretty famous. Um, Rain Wilson. Yeah. Um, but again, they're the not Hollywood. They're not like massive Hollywood actors. The most, the majority of money probably went on CGI for the shock. And that was that you don't see the shock that yeah, much. You oh, do you not? No, you see it's oh. Finn a fair bit. Oh. I don't. I was just looking at it. I was like. They should. They should have. They wanted to make the film as kind of tongue in cheek and as intentionally kind of bad as they did. They should have had the budget at least like a hundred million less. Because, I mean, I know they've made their money back, but you know, I don't know what they what? spent the money on. To be honest, was it was there, was their money made more over in the like, different markets, not in our market, or was it in our market they made the most money? Well, if you mean the UK, the UK never contributed. No, that no, much. no. So no, I mean like the US. I, I count us as Europe. US, there's Asia. Well, the biggest markets will always... So the US domestic normally makes up about 30% normally, I think. And then Asia... Because Asia, Asia, the Asia market loved the Sharknado stuff, don't they? Well, and they also... So it was produced by, I think, a Chinese company. This um, film? Yeah. Okay. And so hence why you've got... I think it's Li Bingbing and obviously the other guy. So it's a Chinese company. And, th- and that woman, she's been in quite a few things recently, yeah. hasn't she? She she's, was in... Um, she, uh, I thought she was in Pacific Rim. Possibly. Oh, um, that's what I read. Um, that's not. But yeah, I mean, it's done well. Um, so I just don't think it was a very good film <laughs> um, yeah. at all. Shame. Yeah. There seems to be a shark movie every year now, though. Because yeah. at 47 meters down, there was that uh, shallow. The shallow. Uh, that's another one I was thinking of. Oh, it was yeah, much better. Than chick that. on the rock. What shallow hell? No, the shallow. Remember that film? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <It's> terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember watching that in like year I'll six. We had to get permission from our parents because it was a 12. Um, Bless. Yeah, I know. Seeing a bit of back in there. I'm rewatching our live video that I've now saved onto our story. We'll tweet that out if you want to see us Sick. sitting in Novocaine Studios, sweating it out. It's a bit warm in here. Yeah, it's very custom made. We've been watching Ollie. Oh, I've been watching. What? Still on my Game of Thrones streak, isn't it? Oh yeah. Just finished season six. Oh. Does on. that stand the test of time? Stand the test of time? I don't know. You tell me, mate. Can it be classed as something that stands the test of time if it's wow. continually through the time? A shocking death, though. All of them. Oh, right. Definitely oh. don't see coming. Cause I, no, because I was just thinking, like, shark movies, Deep Blue Sea, like, I was scared shitless of going in the ocean. I still am, just because oh, of yeah. that movie. So I, w- I, like, walked in watching it um, when I was young, and I was like, I'm terrified. And then seeing Samuel L. Jackson getting torn apart in that film is, like, the biggest shock death. <laughs> in it, like in movie history. Spoiler, I ain't seen it, mate. Have you not? Oh, mate. But yeah, I mean, yeah, G- GOT, it's got all the shocking deaths. Sexy Marjorie, oh, she's just been blown to shit. That was such a good episode. That's the one where Tom and jumps, isn't it? That yeah, was that yeah. was a shocker. That I think that's probably one of my favourite episodes because literally. Really? I thought the one before, Battle of the Bastards, would be. No, it's a good episode. It's a good episode. I don't think it's the. Like, I think that one's a very overhyped episode. And also, I think we were all aware of it happening mm. because they'd hyped it up so why, much. Why? Why is that your favorite then, Cersei? Well, because because I remember because I have watched read the books, but I don't. I didn't remember that bit, or maybe it's not. You know, that book hasn't been released yet, or whatever. I can't remember. But I remember it being such a shock, like because you think like Joffrey's death. 
No, did I you see that Jeff was, Yeah, I wanted him to start. But also, like, because <laughs> so many characters died at once. Yeah. You've got Laura, you've got Marjorie, you've got the High Sparrow. And it's just, it was like confirmation that Cersei is so fucking badass. It's a game changer because now she's just top dog. It was dog. just like, was just like one dog. old shit after another. Like when you've got, he's crawling in, in the catacombs yeah. and then that fire comes. And also, and uh, she didn't, obviously she didn't expect and we didn't expect Tommen to then jump to his death. And I was just like, <laughs> I couldn't cope. I was like, what is going on? Like, it was crazy. I love that. It was so good. So you're what, starting season seven soon? Starting season seven, yep. And... Season eight, it's not out until like April, March, May. April, ages away. So, but wait, hold on, April. I think so. It's the same time as Infinity War. Uh, controversial. Yeah, but Infi- yeah, no. no one cares about Infinity War. No, no they do. But, but Game of Thrones okay, comes out weekly. What do you think is going to be more popular? Didn't we Game of Thrones or week? Infinity War? Yeah, but I, I don't know. Those do two we? are similar. Bec- the fact that like is people want to get into this fantasy world, so it's like the fantasy world of shooting up aliens and blah blah blah. The fantasy world of fighting White Walkers with dragons and naked ladies and stuff. I like think that. ultimately Infinity War will make more money, but yeah, because it's a one-off, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's been building up for the past ten years. Yeah. Not saying that Game of Thrones hasn't, because that's also been going for just as long, almost. Yeah. But Game of Thrones has got six episodes. And they're going to get more viewers, but obviously it's on telly. I so wonder if they'll show if, any in the cinema. If they were to get like a cinema ticket price per viewer, yeah, they'd be swimming in it much more, True. I reckon, than Infinity War. Then I wonder if Game of Thrones has the the appeal worldwide, or is it just I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it's like in like other markets. What's this? Game of Thrones. Like throughout the world. So, like, do you reckon, like, the Asian market will, like, be proper into... Are there any Asian characters in Game of Thrones? I think there's one. Um, I can't remember who. It's not the most diverse, is it? <laughs> well, it's got, it's, got, it's, got the, it's got the sand pe- uh, ladies. Ladies? Peoples? People? Ladies? The people from Dawn. The sand snakes. Yeah. yeah. Come on, mate. Give me a break. That's sand. <laughs> sand people. Stars, isn't it? Yeah. Shot one of them in Game of Thrones. Yeah. TIE Fighter or something. <laughs> Silence and then Hello and welcome to episode 61 of Your Average Critics, joined by Chris, Ollie, Obi and a very special guest, Christine. So welcome, Christine. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. So thank you for joining us. We've got a studio booked out for today, uh, which is a little bit fancier than we're used to. Um, so yeah, we've got proper mics, proper equipment. Um, so hopefully the audio quality is a little bit better. Um, so Christine, thanks for joining us. So you are the founder of the film club yes so what got you started with film club tell us about the films you like genres anything like that and Um, and what made you start the film club okay so what made me start the film club so i put out a tweet like it was a joke um and i was like so i'm gonna set up a film club if you guys are interested and i had so many people dm me like my twitter actually shut down really literally um so many people dm'd me like yeah they're really interested in joining blah blah blah. so i was like okay let me start a whatsapp group yeah so i started a whatsapp group um and then i found that it was very difficult to have like so many people in a whatsapp group because i had like 100 plus people so i was like okay i'm gonna actually start a club so i started the twitter account um and then i had the um the first like um intro event 
um, the first launch event, which was really good. And then I had the Avengers, Avengers. Yeah. I about to say Black Panthers, Avengers, <laughs> <laughs> Avengers brunch, which was really fun. Um, so yeah, so that's literally how the film club started. So we've got about 480 some, 87 people signed up to it. Um, how many? 480 something but that's just emails though so like people can you know not show up um if they choose i don't to. think we've even had half that many listens <laughs> since we've been going don't say in that. almost two years <laughs> yeah but once christine tweets this out <laughs> um yeah so it's been interesting um so yeah at the launch we had like maybe 60 people and then at the avengers brunch i, I don't actually how many people there, quite were. A few of us. there were quite a few so obi and i went to that event yeah. oh, is, this, is this the most recent avengers yeah yeah, yeah. Oh. the yeah, most infinity recent avengers War. so it that was fun i got people to like find infinity stones around the restaurant i really like that that's pretty oh, cool. so oh, that's yeah really that was cool yeah. so i'm trying to plan another um sort of social for everyone was um, that the because you said at the end of the avengers one you're thinking about doing a gangster kind yeah of. gangster night so i had a cinema that i wanted to um book um, and then what happened? And then like, I had to kind of find out more about the licensing. So you have to pay for a license to stream, even if you use a cinema. So um, uh. you have to like apply, et cetera, et cetera. So the whole process was quite long. So I thought, okay, let me kind of delay the next social so I can get a better understanding about how things are done. But you're quite, you know, you're quite, you engage with your Twitter followers quite yeah, a lot. You know? so, so I was like, what's, what I you do. watch this weekend? Honestly, like I do, I try to um, be as engaged as possible. I always feel like I'm not doing enough, but then when people message me and say they really like the way I engage with people, then I'm like, okay, fine, maybe I'm doing enough. Um, so yeah. Oh, don't do this to me, Obi. What? I know it's you done. Know what I'm yeah, Glenn, yeah, take notes because your Twitter account is dry. <laughs> yeah, okay. <I'll laughs> the the, y, the YAC podcast Twitter account. Right, is he dry. didn't. He didn't slander No, the but Glenn does reply to our to our tweets though. I do. Yeah. He does reply to our tweets though. But I'm lacking on the on the on the. Well, to be fair, I don't even think I'm should be in charge of the social. Media. So who's in charge uh, of the social? Do you know what? Uh, do you know <laughs> what? I'm always told that I'd love Twitter, so maybe I should. Just, I'll take over you're Twitter. Like, God, you take Chris, over you're always banging on about how you want to do Instagram posts. Yeah, like. yeah. Well, I was, but then I just yeah. Whatever. We we. Yeah. It's because your Instagram in. You guys should do it. It's hard though. It's hard. It yeah. It's hard to like keep engaged with people. So like every weekend, I try to just ask people what they watched. Mm. I sort of kind of do polls as well. Um, but two of my friends have asked to kind of tweet for me, so hopefully they'll be more engaged than I am. Oh, okay. That's so, what sort of films do you have? You got a specific genre that you set your go-to genre? Uh, go-to genre, Nollywood. I think Nollywood is. I think okay. I think it is in the sense that like every Friday I kind of look for a Nollywood movie to watch. Okay. Um, but that's because it's the comfort of my home. I can just go One on of YouTube. One the biggest markets as well, isn't it? Nollywood they produce market. so many movies. Like it's ridiculous, and they have so many m movies on YouTube. Um, but that's my go-to for like Friday nights and stuff. Um, but in terms of like mainstream, more mainstream movies, I would say that I don't really have a specific... Oh, no, action movies. I really like action movies. Okay, so like really, Mission really Impossible. Like action movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. really like action movies. I like movies um, where people fight a lot. Um, do you have a favourite film or a favourite few films? Um, do I have a favourite film? My favourite film is Brown Sugar. That's my okay. favourite film, like, of all time. I've not heard uh, of that. What, what's that about? Because I've not seen that film. So that's a black Hollywood kind of movie from the 90s. Um, it's about two... It's about these two guys, the world, this guy and a girl. And um, the guy goes off and gets married, but he kind of has a secret 
like for this girl that they were friends in college and stuff so he goes to get married but he always like calls her when he's in trouble and his wife starts to get jealous but then she finds she finds a guy who she likes um who likes her back but then um yeah, I don't want to mess it up for you guys. You guys will watch it. Uh, we no, we, we little, delve into spoilers no, very no, frequently. That's all right. That's a little snippet. We'll, we'll try yeah, and watch it. Yeah, you guys should watch one. it. It's yeah. really good. It's, it's uh, a very popular um, black Hollywood movie. Who's in it? Sanaa Lathan. Yes, she was in Alien vs. Predator. Yeah, and um, who else was in it? Tay Diggs? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and okay. Tay Diggs, yeah. And so is your like, love of film, is that kind of born out of like, what you do kind of day to day, like nine to five? Or? Yeah, um, so... I think the reason why I like film is because um, you're in control. Um, well, not you, but the director's in control and he's kind of let you into his world and you get to kind of see everything play out. And I think because film and books are so similar, that's probably why I like um, film. Okay, and um, what is your, like, you're a writer? Yeah, so I write um, a lot. So I think that's probably where my love for film comes from. I like I just like seeing things on screen. Um, I like the idea of plot development as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. See, I did uh, film studies at uni and at A-level, and I always defend it because it gets quite a bit of flack. People like Mickey Mouse subject, that sort of thing. But I always think, like, in terms of... Because I did English literature as well. Yeah, same. But I think with English, you've just got the page and then how the writer is constructing paragraphs, things like that. But with film, you've got the lighting, you've got the the scene that he's chosen to set it in, the mise en scene, yeah. all these other factors. And, and I think it's much more nuanced and you can find so much more detail within it. Um, it's just obviously film is a like more, you know, a newer medium and less well respected at this point. So I, I think so. film's definitely. And I guess I think what I don't actually like about film, um, but maybe other people do, is the fact that it's quite politicised. So like, um, throughout, I think, film history, it's always kind of been about, you know, politics um, or, like, trying to show a snapshot of what's happened in a specific era. Even though it might be in the background, it's still very much there. Um, I don't really like the politicization of m- movies in general, but I think it goes back to the whole, like, that's why film is important because it actually does give you a snapshot of real life. Yeah, definitely. Um, particularly when you watch films like um, Schindler's List, even though I haven't watched that because I'm too scared. Um and yeah, other movies like that. So yeah, I think it I think it is as um I think it does have the depth that books have. And I think that's probably why I like it. I think also you're saying like the politicization of cinema. I think what's also interesting is the reaction to that. Is like so if a polit- film comes out about you know, Trump era films and you've got films that are reaction to that, you know, so we've got do you like think that's a good thing or a bad thing, though? I think it's a good thing. But the politicization yeah. of movies. Well, no, because no, like, so the reaction. So, yeah, the reaction. so what I'm saying. So what I mean is like, so if someone is very, I'm not saying anyone here is pro-Trump. I'm not, but like, if they are pro-Trump in their films and loads of people are watching it, it might influence them in a way. Do you think that's a, that's not a, surely that's not a good thing within film? Do you think that if anyone made a film that was like blatantly pro-Trump that anybody would even go and watch it. Yeah, definitely. Do you I mean? think they would. Yeah, I think there's a market for everything. Yeah, I think they'd be interested. Yeah. And that it would be like a commercial success. Yeah. I'm thinking, how long until well, the, how long till the Trump movie comes out? I don't and know. Who's going to play him? Yeah. He'll probably play himself. I think people burning their yeah. night gear because it's and like because of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and how many historical things like it might not be now, but it might be in like ten years time they make a Trump film and everyone's like, oh, do you know what? Yeah, she had some good points. Like it, it was like when when he first became president, it was loads of people going, "Oh yeah, 
he he's really he's bad president, but he does get a lot of things actioned. And it was like, I mean, he doesn't actually get a lot of things actioned, but the some newspaper outlets had said he had, and it was like, this is the media. It's just twisted. That's what I mean. So and film in a way is like you're saying, it's political and it is media in a way. Although I, I don't see it for that. Some people might. Do I think might political films, apolitical films, and reactionary political films. That all it's just interesting because I think so. We'll, we'll kind of hopefully discuss some of this when we discuss our main topic to, for today, which is whether films throughout decades from the 60s up to the noughties have stood the test of time. Um, but I think it offers you a snapshot of the zeitgeist of, of the, you know, America or wherever the film is set at that time. So, and I think you know, you can learn a lot. Obviously, you've got to take things with a pinch of salt, but you can kind of see what the political climate was like, and so you can kind of. For us, you know, 90s kids, it's just like we don't know what happened in the 60s apart from what people tell us. But if you watch a film, you can get an idea. So there's a film from the 70s called The Conversation. And it was all about like hiding um, like tapes like and it's, it's very much like Nixon era, like Watergate and all that sort of thing. So you think that's a definitely uh, a reaction and influenced by what happened in the politics at the time. And it's just really interesting to see like how, you know, people express what they've been going through through films media books tv and that sort of thing yeah well let's go into the main topic then so we've all chosen a decade um and we are basically going to discuss films from that decade and whether they've stood the test of time so chris you've done 2000s up yeah. till 2010 no, 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 i thought we changed it i thought it was 2009 well <sighs> pretty much Years difference, people. It's 365 <laughs> days. Christine, you did the 90s. Yeah. Obi did the 80s. Ollie did the 70s. Were we? Uh, were and we I had the 60s. Did we? Did well? Are we meant to do ones that were meant to like question as well? So like. You could pick any film. Okay, right. So, for my ones, <laughs> I picked films that were either like nominated for Oscars or have been very highly regarded because I feel like, you know, they're more widely accessible. But did you see the thing about the Oscars actually? About the uh, they're redoing one of the categories. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it was like, was it most popular? Or yeah, most liked or something like that. They yeah. delayed it, didn't changing they? It. Which I think is probably a good thing. Is, there any, is there any is there any point in changing it now after they made that one specifically for uh, superhero films? Oh really? Is that is that why they? Wow. That's pretty much the That's pretty much the. Re I think that's pretty much the reason they've done it because it's like superhero films and like big blockbusters. They pretty much get like no. No, no love, love at the yeah, Oscars. Yeah, yeah, so they yeah. basically made, okay, what's going to be the blockbuster summer? This needs to have a chance of getting Oscars, which is more likely to be like superhero films. That's interesting. You know, Avengers, Fast and Furious, all that stuff. Yeah, but regarding most popular, do you think it's just going to go downhill now? With superhero mean? movies? Because they've been building up for 10 years now. Come to, come <laughs> I, don't next, come to next film I don't hate superhero movies. I don't hate superhero movies, but the Marvel is just so long now. And no, I'm it is. Like, I understand that. It's quite long, though. But this is going to be the end of Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. Oh, don't say that, please. Robert Downey Jr. is my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think it's the end of him. I just don't think he's going to be the... Uh, MVP. Yeah. I hope he stays at MVP. Like what is gonna like what's Marvel without Iron Man? Well it's gonna be Black Panther, the new the new Winter Soldier, the No the guys, maybe no. Thor I reckon I reckon Thor's gonna stay in the in the scene. I reckon he'll still be one of the main Thor's ones. Thor's funny though, I, yeah. I can't lie. He's really funny. Go on, what are you gonna say? What are you gonna say? You're gonna I'm cry about Captain America? I'm not gonna go and die. No! Captain, Captain America's gotta live. The most controversial, Iron Man is the best. The most controversial man ever. in the room here. No. Obina. <laughs> team Cap, that's what I'm saying. If they kill Iron Man off, fair. But if they, like, 
take Robert Downey Jr. out of the role and they bring someone else, that is going to ruin it. True. I just want to say, you two should have come to the film, the Avengers Film Club event that Christine held because we discussed all of this yes, in a did. lot of detail. There's in a, a lot, lot of, of detail. A lot of detail. Oh, it got very heated. It got very heated. A lot of people would have liked my view of. That no, but everyone had like different debate. opinions. Uh, I just I don't want to go down this rabbit hole right now. This is. We can get Christine on for another Marvel pod. Yeah, yeah. I just think we've got an hour left. I think. We need to crack on with the crack topic. On with the topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, what cool. I want to know from... You see this? This is, this is good hosting. From all <laughs> you guys is when you were choosing the films or when you were um, kind of evaluating the films as to whether they stood the test of time, what, what were your thought processes? So what for you were you thinking, yes, if it does this, this or this, I think it stands the test of time. So, so for me, yeah, so I had a few films that I selected, but then I thought to myself... They're more iconic in what they did at the time rather than withstood the test of time. So for me, and this might be controversial, Slumdog Millionaire, I wouldn't say that's a film that's withstood the test of time. But why? Mm. Because I don't think people talk about it as much anymore. I I think it was at that point in time, it was a magnificent film. It really hit the nail on the head with what it was trying to represent. But since then... I think that depends on how you define stood the test of time. Well, yeah. Because for you... You could you could watch it now in 2018 and be like, yeah, this is still a great film. Just because people don't watch it doesn't mean it's still not a great film. True, true. People yeah. don't really talk, yeah, people yeah. don't really talk about the Titanic that much anymore. But that's they still do. one. They do. They talk about it all the time. Yeah, really. The Titanic's all the time. Every, see, the, see, I think in a way, a film that comes on regularly is maybe a film that withstands the test of time. Oh no, that's not true. But, but then, <laughs> I, but true. then I flip that. But I flip that and say I wouldn't say that Shaun of the Dead. Have is you one ever watched the Channel Five? The shit that they put on that. No, like. but like, yeah. I don't but know, because yeah. I'm thinking, if you're saying films that test the time, um, and it's, oh no, I've just totally lost it there. I've totally <laughs> lost it. But I don't so, know where I, mean, I was going with that. I feel like Chris, you and Christine had a tough job because you've got probably the two most recent decades. Mm-hmm. So Christine, what were you thinking of how when you were evaluating these films and when you were choosing these films? Um, I was thinking of, like, I think what Chris was saying, you know, the most spoken about films. Um, till this day okay. so like Titanic I would agree is, is quite iconic in the sense that people are still like I had a conversation about Titanic last week Okay, like people are still talking about Titanic ages ago I think so as well I would agree but then everyone was saying that you know at the time it was iconic but even now people still see it as like a picture of um, I guess the progression of film as well like people see it as like such a big deal um, even now so I think definitely Titanic would be the standard of like Test of Time movies. And it's got very iconic moments as well, hasn't it? Like the Jack and... Oh. Rose. Yeah, like on they the, both on could the, have fit on that. I'm not like, s- yeah, and, and do you know what? It's always a topic of discussion. Like You can always discuss that film in quite big de- like depth. Okay. There's always people finding little... Uh, yeah, like all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Memes. Yeah. Memes. yeah. True. But like, yeah, that's what I'd say. Oh, can I ask a question? Sorry. So, um, I think it was last year, we watched um, The Room. Would you say that film stands the test of time? The Room. What's yeah, the is it The Room? room? Oh, the one with um. Oh yeah. With, uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's the film with you know. It's like one regardless, like one of the worst films of all time. Really? Yeah. Well, who's who's in it? That's it. Tommy Wiseau. I don't even think I've heard of it. No. No. Oh, oh, but it's a ter- it's a really terrible film. Oh, okay. but we watched it anyway. Well, no, when you said watch this film, yeah, and it was terrible. <laughs> I was not expecting it. It's really, was it that bad? It's really, really bad. Like, it's really? really? Bad. It's, it's, so, it's kind of one of the films that is so bad that it's kind of good, sort of thing. But okay. like, back yeah. in, this is this is quite a while ago. He made it, and he spent millions on it. Apparently, like six million, it was 
awful. Oh, wow. He had a picture frame, and in the picture was a spoon, wasn't it? Like one of the pictures. And that's the iconic thing. So people go and watch it at the cinema, and they like throw spoons all over the uh, cinema. The, wow, that's strange. And yeah, it's uh, that is what do you think of it? Classic. I don't know. <laughs> no, it was, it was superbly shit. Um, but you say that the test of time, that kind of film, no, but it's just because it's been remade. So that doesn't necess- necessarily say that it's, yeah, you know, we've stood the test of time. What, what did you say it was, though? It was a something film. Cult. Cult. Classic, mm. yeah. But the thing I was going to say for my, like, <laughs> how I picked films, I kind of just picked films that at the time were, like, critically acclaimed, sort of. So it's, like, I would say... A, I watched about five. I watched five films. I would say like three of them, no one's really talking about now. Which ones were they? The ones that people aren't talking no, about. Which five? Oh, five. Yeah. I watched um, Stand by Me. I watched E. T. I watched oh, um, e. Do the Right Thing. I watched Escape from New York and Raging Bull. Would you? Would these films you watched? Would you watch them again? Two of them, I would. Which ones? Stand by Me and E. T. Okay, so what? I feel like that speaks the volume, I think, of wh- whether it stands the test of time. So, so those five films... But then, but can I, sorry, like, I think there's two two points you could say. You could say it's a film that you would watch again after a long period of time and have the same uh, reaction you did when you first watched it. And then there's also films that people talk about and you then decide, oh, yeah, they've still been talking about this film. I'd watch this so film. So there's two levels then to standing the test of time. There's the personal level, uh, which, you know, you know, you think, oh, this this film is important to me on a sentimental level. I might watch it as a child or whatever. And then there's the kind of general macro level, which is like yeah. people are talking about it. People are referencing it. Like with The Room, it's shit. But every week there's a screening of it at the Prince Charles Cinema in oh, Leicester really? Square. And it's got such a huge cult following. Um, and obviously like they made a film about the book of it called The Disaster Artist with James Franco. So it's still relevant. It's not a good film, but it has maybe stood the test of time because it's still relevant now. Yeah. Um, and I was just wondering, like, so Obi, you saying E.T. and um, what was it on Stand By Me? So why would you watch those again and maybe not Raging Bull, not Escape from New York and not do the right thing? What is What was the difference between them? Um, it might be the films that I chose, but I felt like E.T. and Stan and Meek both had like a strong narrative. Whereas the other three, I felt like, so like Do the Right Thing, for example, um, it's a film by Spike Lee. It's funny, we were talking about him earlier. Um, and it's kind of like, there's not really a plot, if that makes sense. Like things are kind of just happening, like during one that it's like really hot one day and things are kind of just happening. It's only up and like right until the end where something really serious happens. I'm just going to give it away. Someone, like someone dies uh, because of police brutality. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that was the point of this film. So like when I was watching, it, I was kind of thinking like, where is this going? And then obviously it got to the end. I was like, oh, okay, so we're getting somewhere. Seeing as there's a lot of police brutality still rife in yeah. America, particularly, is it not still relevant in some way? Yeah, I, I'm saying I think it probably does still stand the test of time. But I just said to Chris, I wouldn't watch it again. Okay. <laughs> oh, you think it does? Oh, sorry. Thank you. You think it does stand the test of time? I think probably, yeah. Because it, has, it seems to have, you know, you can see Black relevant. Klansman like yeah. it's still kind of Spike Lee's still got that whole. Uh, Mo in his filmmaking. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is this is how I know what films stood the test of time because you know what I did for mine. Seventies Google. That's all it is. Films films from the seventies and what are the top five results. <laughs> That's a film that stood the but test of time. If you haven't time, watched no? it, how do you know it stood the test of time? Because because they are they are. All right. Let me read them out. So Jaws. When was the last time you watched Jaws? Theme tune, innit? That's everything. <laughs> when was the last time you watched Jaws? <laughs> Doesn't matter. I'm scared. I don't <laughs> want to. I'm not gonna watch a film that I'm scared of. 
I think I don't want to, you know, basically do your explanation for you. But thing like Jaws is like when uh, so watching the Meg, I was basically like, this is not Jaws. <laughs> so you know, you compare it; it's a benchmark. So what what were the other films that you were watching? Oh, you, say, you say benchmark. So you know, you're saying about Stand by Me. So you do know that um, some films that they've made in recent years, they've tried to encapsulate the characters they had at Stand By Me and recast people in a similar light and to try and get that um, the chemistry between them. So like, I think it was Super 8, they tried mm. to cast ki- the kids in the same respect that they cast the kids in Stand By Me to try and get that harmony within, within the characters. Yeah. yeah, definitely Stranger Things. Yeah, but I mean, that's the... Se- so, so I did the 60s, which is... Fairly difficult considering it's sixty years old now, the decade. Yeah. But I did so I I've I watched three films. I did Easy Rider, which is a road movie about two kind of hippies and they just basically spend the whole film taking drugs and there's literally no other plot to it apart from that. They just like these little vignettes where they stop and, you know, they interact with people and it's very like some it's quite uh, an indie movie, quite so the editing's just really weird. But again, like talking about the zeitgeist, I was thinking, I mean, I don't really know anything about the 60s or or hippies, but watching that film, I'm not obviously thinking that not all hippies were like that, but I'm thinking, okay, well, this is sort of the stuff they wore. This might have been how some of them acted. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it stands the test of time because, I mean, I don't know, I wouldn't watch it now. And I think if it came out in cinemas now, you'd be like, it was just some of the editing was really jarring. Um, and just the way that film's constructed, I think they they might have been quite high whilst doing it. Um, but but it's very interesting to watch as a snapshot of the 60s. Um, but yeah, per, and it made some people stars like Dennis Hopper, you might have heard of, um, Peter Fonda, and Jack Nicholson. So it was his, I think it was his breakout role, um, and he got Oscar nominated for it, and he was brilliant in it. But um, yeah, it was just it was just a bit random. Do <laughs> any of the films that you've watched? To everyone, have any of the films that you've watched had a sequel or a remake that was hyped up because of the original film? And would you therefore say the original film has then stood the test of time because it's hyped up or being remade? Yeah, so from my era, um, I think I chose Bad Bad Boys. Um, And yeah, you know, everyone's waiting for a new one to come out, um, even till now. So I think the hype surrounding that for me in first that like it has to the test of time yeah. um hopefully the remake lives up to the original but yeah it's i don't think the dream, the se- always the dream yeah it's always the dream yeah. i don't know if the second one i don't know yeah but yeah i feel like that definitely is a um test of time movie um and then the matrix again yeah. another good one um you haven't seen the matrix you can borrow them if you want mate. the matrix really the 90s blind yeah 1999 i think Shit. Yeah, that's Matrix. I think is an amazing series. Um, the first one, second one, and the third one. Third one I didn't like so much, but I think I really enjoyed the second one. Um, but yeah, again, that's another movie that's kind of to the test of time. I think you can actually, um, I guess, verify if a movie is to the test of time if the sequels have also um, been hyped up like the originals. And I think with Bad Boys and with The Matrix, all the sequels have. But then sometimes you do get films that are remade and you watch the remake and you're like, why? Why did they do that? Like apparently the Robocop remake wasn't very good. And I think the first Robocop came out in the 90s. Terminator, Total Recall, all of these. And you just kind of think it kind of can kind of ruin the 
the revealment that the original film's held up in. So, like, if Bad Boys 3 came out and, say, it didn't have Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, maybe it was just two other guys, and it was crap, would you think, like, would that kind of dampen the original Bad Boys? Would it... You know, so uh, is it, it might almost, hi- it might almost heighten it though. You might yeah, like, I think it would heighten yeah. the original Bad Boys for me. Because it's like, because you'll be like, well, it was so good, you can't beat it. I yeah. don't know why they bother trying to beat it, but there you go. But the, were there other, so specifically for Matrix and Bad Boys, um, were there any other criteria that you think it hits to make it kind of still standing the test of time? Or is it purely just that they they're still being talked about now, and that they've got kind of sequels or remakes that people are, are hoping for? I think for? even like the references as well. Like people always reference Neo and um, what was his love interest again? Um, Trinity. 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 People always Thanks. reference them, like even till now. Um, so I think when you have specific characters that people kind of reference all the time. Um, and they're kind of like entrenched in even like popular culture now, then I think that's when you know that that movie is kind of stood the test of time. I think as well, because obviously I've done it well, I think that was Keanu Reeves' big role, wasn't it? That was his break into Hollywood. And ever yeah. since then, everyone's like, oh, I love Keanu Reeves. But then when you think of him, you only think of Neo. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it is, oh, maybe, s- that, maybe standing the test of time is like ha- also making people stars. Oh, so, so for obviously Easy Rider, you've got Jack Nicholson. For Matrix, you've got Keanu Reeves. Um, Jaws was like Spielberg's big, big break, and then I guess Stand by Me was like River Phoenix and all those sorts of people. Um, but I'm interested. Like you watched Raging Bull, which I've watched. Um, Scorsese film, De Niro. It's an iconic boxing movie. I mean, not in the same way maybe that you'd argue Rocky would be. But what was it about that that maybe? I mean, do you think it stood the test of time? And and what are your thoughts on it? Sorry, what's the film called? Raging Bull. I've never heard of it. Um, so it's a film based. It's a <laughs> it's a um, it's an autobiographical film. It's about a boxer called Jake uh, Lamotta. So what does an autobiography? So yeah, it's about a boxer called Jake Lamotta, and he was um, fighting in the 1940s. And um, I think the film is okay, um, and the acting is good. I think, well, obviously it's autobiographical. His life is kind of boring. Like, <laughs> so, so like, he, the way they portrayed it is that basically he's a, he's a boxer who's trying kind of trying to get a title fight and um, uh, he, they, he can't get one because um, no one, the people who organise the fights don't really like him because he's a bit of like a, he's a bit of a wild card and like people, people hate him. Um, he gets divorced from his wife like straight away um, and marries a, a sixteen-year-old. I'm not sure how oh. ho- I'm not sure how old he was when this happened, but yeah. And then what what, what era was this in? Yeah, that's it's, what I was about to ask. Uh, it's 1940s. <laughs> okay. 1940s. Makes sense. Um, so yeah, and they kind of just show like different his different fights and things that things that specifically happened in his fights. So right at the beginning, uh, he had one fight where he basically so he battered some guy, and I think the judges kind of fixed it so the other guy won, and then it started a riot, and people were like, you know. Uh, throwing chairs and throwing each other into other stuff and yeah and so it kind of just kind of like going through his life and it kind of shows him to be like a very like deep down a very angry paranoid um, person so he's like always accusing his wife of like cheating and asking his brother like did you sleep with my wife da 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 and like I think they were just trying to they, they, it wasn't that much of a focus on boxing 
I don't think it was kind of more of a focus on him and his him and do his character. Do you, do you prefer because you said it's it's quite a boring life? Do you do you think it's good that they portrayed it as it was rather than in modern day films they seem to always put in a little scene that never yeah. existed in the actual life of this person? So mm. like for my example would be 127 hours. It all happened, but the bit at the end where the bit where there's loads of water and he jumped in is that 127 hours? There's a, there's a whole scene the in the movie it. where he stuck the in where the he stuck. Yeah, but yeah. I think there was like a big water bit, and he jumped in it and stuff, and it was like really pretty and stuff. Apparently, that never actually happened. Oh really? That yeah. ruined it for well, me. Well, that's what I've read. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, well done, Chris. Go. Yeah. But it, but all the other stuff happened. But do you do you think it's better that they add these scenes in to engage with the audience, or do you think it's do you think they should just keep it to what it is and? I think it's better that you keep it to what it is. I suppose you can try and embellish a little bit, but to just you can't like just like outright going like make stuff up like because like after the film finished i just like googled the character or the uh the actual boxer and if i'd read his like wikipedia page and found out that something that was in the film never happened i'd be like mm, that's a bit annoying that's a bit shit in it so like so ultimately do you think it has stood the test of time um i would say yeah because i was engaged however i wouldn't go and watch it again okay. um oh, there's something i was gonna say about it but really can't remember it'll come back to me i do that so much now when i'm like watching a movie and i google it and i'm like did that really happen and then i read that it didn't or it happened a totally different way and i'm like oh man real life is shit <laughs> and you're like why can't it all happen just like the movies oh, no, sorry. um the actual boxing scenes in the film i don't know if this is a trend but like a lot of the editing in the films that i've watched in the 80s is really shit like a lot of the, the boxing like the choreography for the boxing is is, is awful like to keep it bluntly like they're fighting yet it's <laughs> just points where like like they would just take turns punching each other in the face repeatedly and i'm thinking like this is definitely not how boxing <laughs> how boxing went like it just it looked really bad but didn't all the rocky like, movies yeah. come out in the 80s yeah 70s 80s, 70s, yeah. 80s. i was gonna say is um i think rocky was one of the first films to do it but you gotta remember back in the 70s and 80s the cameras were massive so to have it in the middle of the ring and to have like a POV was quite Difficult. tough. Yeah. Um, but I want to ask like kind of maybe another criteria, which I think Christine and Ollie might be relevant for films you've seen. But um, how much would graphics and special effects come into whether a film stood the test of time? And maybe even with E.T. Because you've got Matrix, special effects in that are like groundbreaking. Yeah. You've got Star Wars from the 70s, which you watched. And like again, like that was groundbreaking. But so sometimes we can watch films from back in the day and you think, oh, the graphics in that are crap. But with that, you know, does that, is that a benchmark that we can um, measure films against now? Um, I wouldn't say so. Just because like you have other movies that did just as well. Um, that didn't have like the amazing graphics. So like Bad Boys, there wasn't anything particularly special about the graphics in that movie, but people still really, really love that movie. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't say so. Um, I think it just so happens that Matrix happened to be a really good movie and it had graphics in it. Okay. But the, but if we watched it in like 30 years and the graphics had come on so much that the graphics or special effects, should we say, in The Matrix looked outdated, would that maybe suggest that it hasn't stood the test of time? Like And again, with Star Wars, so now watching it in the 2000s or whatever, would you say, yeah, this film still stands up even though the graphics have come on so far? Um, well, for the new Star Wars, because I would say that they're all shit. So <laughs> that's a bit controversial. Yes, yes. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's graphics doesn't really come into it 
as you know, if I'm going to show my kid in 20 years or whenever, saying you know like the original Star Wars, they're going to be like looking at it like, oh, this is really crap graphics. But you watch it for the storyline, and if you're rewatching the Star Wars now with the amazing graphics, and you think you're there in like virtual reality or whatever, but it's got a really shit story, you're just not going to be interested. And that's not going to solo. That's not going <laughs> to stand the, the test of time. But the fact that Star Wars is still going is clearly evidence that yeah. from even from the very beginning because it was out there you know and i think they were trying to push things with the graphics that they they had you know because they were making things in miniature but then blowing it up so it looks like it you know but george lucas has a has a knack of uh adding graphics into old movies didn't he ruin one of the newer Star Wars, bro? I think with Star Wars, Star Wars is actually a really good example of why graphics doesn't really matter because people really love the old movies and they're nothing really to show for in terms of like the graphics when you compare them to the new age movies. So I think definitely Star Wars is a good example. I just, I, do you know what? I think, yeah, Star Wars is a good example. But like when they had the like puppet, the puppet Yoda compared to the graphic Yoda, I was like, you should have just kept it as a puppet Yoda. It just would have been more like that was nostalgia wasn't it though yeah yeah yeah, so. yeah well i mean uh, one the film which i didn't watch specifically for this but i've seen fairly recently was 2001 space odyssey i think that came out in the 60s but that had like pretty kind of for the time groundbreaking graphics and looking back on it you're like mm. is it by any chance set in 2001 do you know what i don't even know I don't even know if it was... Well, because I think back in the 60s, you know, <laughs> 2001 seems so far off. Like, if yeah. we were, like, 2051, a space odyssey, you'd think, oh, everyone's got flying cars and all that. It's like Back to the Future, isn't it? Um, isn't his... Doesn't he set the time to, like, two, 2015? Yeah, Is it? exactly, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah you watch it yeah. now, and like, oh, wow, like, <laughs> we, we should have flying cars by now. Yeah. <laughs> Nike released a self-tying shoe yeah, for, yeah, the, for yeah. that, like... Yeah, yeah, like a couple of years ago, they were, they they made a self tying shoe. How does that work? Yeah. Uh, you literally press a button and it's like cool. But they haven't they haven't done the hoverboard yet. No. Or any of the other things. No, there, was a, there was a hoax about the hoverboard. Uh, Tony Hawk's like did a little thing for it. It's on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. But the ch- self shoelace tying shoes. I don't know how to say it. They 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 sold out like. Within, like oh wow. Clip. Yeah. Fair enough. Now wow. Um, I was can I just quickly shout out two films that don't stand into the sun. Um, <laughs> so Escape from New York. I don't know if has anyone seen Escape from New York. No. no? Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, so it's a film about um, so like it's like post supposed to be post apocalyptic, and um, the entire island of man I think or the entire of, of Manhattan has become like a um a maximum security prison, and basically some terrorists take the uh, take down Air Force One, and then uh. Snake, which is Kurt Russell's character, he's about to be arrested. But then the guy in charge of like uh, Secret Service, whatever, is like, "Yeah, we need you to come and rescue the president." And you've got, and they ins- they inject some something into his neck and say, "If you don't bring him back in twenty four hours, we're gonna press this button and it's gonna kill you." Suicide Squad. Yeah, basically. So yeah, he's basically spending the whole film. He's got twenty four hours to uh, save the president. I feel like I've watched this movie. The, the the description of the films is better than the actual <laughs> film. <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, I I fi- unfortunately, Obi, I think that actually is a film that was said the test of time because I think I, I think a lot of people have seen that. Yeah, really? I think I've seen that movie actually. Fair <laughs> like, I, I, I was just watching it, yeah, and obviously, you know, uh, getting past like you know some of the you know like bad uh, bad graphics and stuff, and I can appreciate that because it was like 1981 or whatever. That's fine. But I just think like there was no like. 
I don't know. There's no like, nuance to the story. It's kind of just like, you've got to go save this guy. All right, I'm going to go punch through. Oh, that's totally not the film I thought it people, was. And then I'm going to get him back to you and I'm going to look really pissed off while I'm doing it. Like, when, was, when did that come out? 1981? 1981, yeah. I feel like a lot of like espionage movies like have the similar plot. So maybe it has to the test of time in the sense that... Yeah, that's a good point. So like, you think like Olympus Has Fallen and all yeah, those sorts of films. Yeah. That's a good point. Can I think a film is shit and it still stands the test of time? Yeah. I was going to say, I, I think, think so. sometimes 100%. a film is bad and because you tell people it's bad, they're like, you, the room. Like, you should watch it anyway though and people watch it and then therefore it's just the test of time, I isn't think, it? I think one part of whether the film stands the test of time is like an indication of its quality, but also it can be things like, like we said, making someone a star or like groundbreaking graphics or like an important milestone for one particular reason or another. Um... So like I watched a film from the 60s called Midnight Cowboy, which um, was got John Voight and Dustin Hoffman in it. Um, and it's basically John Voight is like uh, a guy from Texas and he's got like a, a dream of moving to New York. Um, but basically he's a gigolo um, and that he thinks that's the only way that he can make money. So he like goes to New York, thinks it's going to be so easy because everyone loves a cowboy and like he's going to clean up sort of thing. Um, and basically like very quickly he realizes that it's not the case like it's not you know the american dream is not what he wanted um and and then kind of he has to re- re- um, result to kind of getting men to pay him for his services um and this uh, it was a good film but it's important as well because it was one of the first films to be no- oscar nominated for kind of having homosexual themes um which i guess for the 60s i was quite surprised because I feel like, you know, still in 2018, we're not like that, you know, Moonlight one, but it's still it's still a bit taboo in a sense or like not as... Well, yeah, um, Back Mountain was a bit of a shock to people, wasn't it? Yeah, it's it still out. not like that mainstream and widely accepted. But kind of, yeah, I think I think something like Midnight Cowboy would stand the test of time because, yeah, you've got things like Brokeback Mountain, it's got the, like, the, the cowboys and like that as a maybe symbol of like homosexuality encased in like hyper masculinity because he basically goes around being like oh yeah you know i you know so many women that i've been with and like he's always flexing his muscles and being like oh yeah i'm a proper american guy but then someone's like aren't cowboys gay and <laughs> so you know it's i feel like a lot of the themes and topics are still kind of present now um and it's it is a good film to it, isn't it? yeah um okay i've got one for you that i'm bit 50-50 on whether it is standing the test of time. Okay, so if, if a film from the 2000s hasn't stood the test of time, well, it must be a proper see, shit film. I, I am, well, I did think this film was pretty crap. People will probably disagree with me. We'll see. Still hasn't had its sequel yet, or number two, three, four, or five. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Avatar. I hated it. Yeah. I hated Avatar it as well. Was, it was so boring. It was, it was really boring, wasn't it? But it was such an iconic film of that time because it hit so many different things. The graphics are amazing. Blah, 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 blah. So it's like film. fully 3D film. Yeah, but it was it was rubbish. I and didn't like it. And billions. we're still waiting for number two. Yeah, they made And number three. Money. And number four. And number five that he's got all in the works. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. It's the most... I, when I first watched it, I was like, what is this? This is horrible. Yeah. But it made so much money. I was looking at the um the budget and then um how much it made, and I was just like, oh my goodness, mm. that movie about really boring characters made that much money. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's because <laughs> it was James Cameron, wasn't it? So he did Titanic. Yeah, yeah, okay, I guess so. And do you think he can replicate that with number two or number three or number four or number five or whatever? 
But I is, think is he can. Huh? I think he can because, yeah. like, like with Star Wars, for example, I feel like the reason why Star Wars is still a success is because of fans and the loyalty that they have to the movie. So I think there are definitely people who are like, you know, hard fans of Avatar who will continue supporting Avatar whether or not it's good. Just like with Star Wars, a lot of people contest and say, you know, it's lost its value, but it still makes so much money in the cinema when it comes out because it has diehard fans. So I think with Avatar, same thing. I still go to the cinema to see Star Wars, even though I've. Uh, admittedly, I love oh, I, I, I love Rogue One, but the rest of them have been awful. But will you go to the cinema to see Avatar two if it comes out? No, no. I will. I'm not okay. gonna lie. I didn't like the film either. But I was gonna say because we spoke earlier about um, I think Glenn you said about like um, when you watch a film from like the 80s or whatever and the graphics aren't great and you're thinking oh does that contribute to whether or not it stands the test time? I feel like with this one it's the opposite because they focus so much on the graphics. I felt like the plot line kind of went by the wayside. Derailed, yeah, so like that was the most predictable, like one note film, probably one of the most one note films I've ever watched. And like, obviously everyone's coming out and they're raving about like how cinematic it is and like graphics, everything like that. But that doesn't really lend to whether or not the film is, you know. Iconic. Yeah. Because there's no, I don't think there's any definitive iconic moment in that film. I no. can't even remember it, honestly. Like when I think about it, I can't remember yeah. it. I think it was just, I think it's about a guy who, couldn't walk. He couldn't walk here, yeah. and he got put into this world where he had to he w- he had to take over the Avatar world or something. And he, he infiltrated the uh, the Avatar people, but then yeah. he fell in love and yeah. helped them, and then they had a yeah. war with the people. Jake Sule. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore, okay, there you go. Does that therefore make it a bit iconic? Because you remember that kind nah, of. Nah, I remember. Like I, remember I remember loads of stupid shit from, <laughs> from, <laughs> from films. No. But like, we we have a mate of ours. He absolutely adores the film. Absolute Larry. Yeah, he loves Avatar. He thinks it's one of the best yeah. films made. Yeah, yeah, yeah loves it. But then you I must have seen it two billion times. But it, <laughs> depe- it depends. It, it must be the perspective you take on it. Are you are you there for the story of a film, or are you there for how the film yeah. was made? And I think he was there for how the so, film was made. So, so in your story. opinion, has Avatar stood the test of time? Even no. though it's nine years old. No, but I think it could be dependent on Avatar too. I think I feel like whilst Avatar wasn't a good film. Um, I think people will still be talking about it in years' time because of how groundbreaking. Again, we're talking about groundbreaking graphics, fully 3D film. We're wait- People are anticipating the sequels for it, um, and it's still one of th- it's, it's either the highest-grossing film of all time or second. So it's going to take a lot to top. Um, and no, and whilst like there aren't particularly any iconic moments in it. I think the film itself might be iconic. And do you think that would therefore make it stand the test of time? Or is this maybe an exception to the rules that we've been discussing? I don't know. I think it's a shame that people get lost in the experience of like graphics as opposed to the plot lines now. And I feel like with um, Avatar, that's what it was. People got lost in like the graphics and the lights and didn't really take any notice of the derailing plot. Um, mm. So, yeah, maybe for a lot of people, it will stand test of time because it was so, you know, momentous when it comes to the graphics and like everything else. But I guess it will. I, like, yeah. I agree with you. I think I think a lot of these films, like because of the graphics, are just losing their value. Like you're not really setting a precedence for yourself because you're just... Graphics. And, I, and I think, and I know you're going to hate this that I'm saying this, but like Avengers had fantastic graphics and mm. had 
uh, okay. The only graphics Apart I didn't like, uh, yeah, the Hulk in the no, not the Hulk. The when I didn't. Bruce I didn't, Banner's in the Hulk. Oh, yeah, that He's was so that was no, yeah, but, but Bruce Banner's so annoying. But, but, but <laughs> it had a storyline which engaged, by you, it engaged everyone. Yeah, no, and it was good. I didn't think Avengers was as good as everyone was making out to be. I thought that storyline was really good, and you really empathised with the villain. Yeah, and it was a, a film which you could get engaged with, and the graphics I thought were good. 80% of the time and I think that in itself encapsulate, encapsulates what you can do and their budget I'm sure was less than Avatars, Avatars. their yeah, budget definitely. was about 300 million maybe it wasn't then How, does anyone I don't know probably two or but okay so we'll uh, we don't have to discuss this at length but will Avengers Infinity War stand the test of time will we be talking about it and raving about it yeah. in I think so and I, think, yeah. I think so and I think the reason why we will be is because of the villain um, I feel like um, what's his face? Thanos. Uh, what's his name? Thanos. Yeah, I feel like Thanos has become this like I know, but no, 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 no. I only came out six months ago. <laughs> I watch so many movies, I forget stuff. But I feel like Thanos um, is such a different villain in the sense that you know there was so much empathy that went with Thanos's character, like everyone annoyingly to me everyone was really like oh we really feel his pain like we understand we see where he's coming from you know he was such a um relatable villain and i feel like that's missing in a lot of movies and because of that because of thanos i feel like that movie is going to be you know definitely standing test of time people are going to be talking about Thanos. like last week someone was like oh i really felt thanos's pain you know i understand they even made them you know the nike the new yeah, the, yeah, yeah they, you see it so yeah funny. like you know like no other character no other um film character had one of those you know so i feel like thanos's character definitely is the reason why avengers will stand test of time and i think as well it's like a see for me uh the big iconic moment in Marvel was when the first Avengers came out, where they all teamed up and it was the like, pan wow, shot. Yeah. like you've got all these people. And then I think Avengers 2, you kind of were like, oh, <laughs> is this what they're going to carry on with? And then obviously you brought out, they bring out the third film and you've got the empathy for the villain. You've got, um, you've got the sad, people were sad that a villain died. Loki. Yeah, like, like, oh like, yeah, Loki. Everyone was like, that's that mad, then. he's dead. And then like, you've got obviously, you've got the heartbreak for four, but then, got the laughter from guardians and then there's a lot of heartbreak there's a lot of emotions in this film and i think and i think also the biggest iconic thing for this film is for for comic fans this is just like a big wow moment like the thing they read and it wasn't a very big thing back in the day and they've they've been reading it for years and they've been waiting for this moment to come and it's probably been everything they expected it to be although it's slightly different from the comics it's more modernized Complete like, nerdgasm. Yeah, but it's more, but it's more modernized because I think in the comics it's something to do with Thanos is in love with death, so he's gonna kill half these people. But in this, he's like, well, no, actually, like let's kill half a life so we can save the other half. And yeah. it's like, well, hold on, what are you going with this? That kind of thing. And like, I don't think many people expected that from him. But yeah. But, yeah. Okay. What other films from the noughties did you watch? Yeah. What films did you from the noughties did you from watch? From the noughties that you watched. Who did it? Uh, <laughs> Ollie was the seventies, mate. <laughs> uh, I watched. That stands the depths of time. Um, or doesn't? Yeah, or doesn't? Because um, I've, I'm going to talk about a film that well, I don't think has. Yeah. Well, Gladiator. Yeah, yeah. I haven't personally watched that film, so well, I have, but I can't remember it. 
I can't remember much about Star Trek. I didn't talk too much about that, but I know <laughs> that one is one that's being talked about. And they have like video clips of it, like on YouTube, where they repeat the same. There's ten hours in it of Maximus. <laughs> My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius really? Decimus Meridius for ten hours, <laughs> and then right at the end he goes. But you can call me Max. <laughs> yeah. But, um, okay, so the film, I would say, and it's probably heightened by recent events, is uh, The Incredibles. I oh. would say that probably stood the test of time. And yeah, the hype people had from Incredibles 2. Well, what did you I say? Was, I was disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed. In Incredibles I 2? I thought it was just... I thought it was actually quite boring. Um, oh, controversial. For, like, for a lot of it, I thought it was quite boring. I thought, like... I thought it was long as well, and I thought, oh my gosh, we waited 14 years for this. Like, it was, <laughs> I think it was very poorly delivered. Were you actually waiting? Like, were you anticipating? No, it? not not like I was anticipating it, but I just feel like, you know, the time for the first movie and the second movie, I think they could have done a lot better. Um, like, it wasn't even that funny. It was just like, oh, it was me. I think Jack Jack was basically the best thing. Jack about Jack it. was the best thing about the movie, mm. honestly. Like, Jack Jack was like an amazing baby. Yeah, well, the thing I said for it, because I, to be fair, like, when, um, Back ages, like for I think for a few years I've said it. Like I've been saying, like they brought out Toy Story three. Why haven't they brought out like an Incredibles two or or Finding Nemo two or something like that? And then obviously they brought out Finding Dory and. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say sorry because I listened to last week's pod. Obviously, I wasn't on it, and yeah. you said um, was Finding Dory a success? I think it. I think it was. It made like nine hundred million. Oh really? Okay, like that, yeah. but for yeah. me, for me, I wouldn't say Finding Dory is uh, iconic. But then the generation who were really watching that might say it is iconic. But me, Finding Nemo's iconic because Finding Nemo's that story of obviously Finding, Finding Nemo, Nemo and the yeah. two sides of the story, and it was a big moment, and I think that made a lot of money. But um, what, what was the film we're talking about a minute ago? Incredibles. Incredibles. Uh, yeah, I did. I did want to watch that film, but it was for me all it was was a f- role reversal film. It was instead of the dad secretly going off to do this fighting crime, it was the mum openly going to go and fight crime and their roles were reversed. I think that's quite important. But, but then, yeah, yeah, and it highlighted it was, yeah, the par- parental role in the film and I don't think it did that so much in the first film. So it wasn't as kiddie as the first film was. Mm. Maybe... I, I mean, know. I feel like Violet and Dash were underserved in... in I don't know. I, I might go on a controversial limb here, but I, ju- I just think that, like, Finding Nemo and Dory and The Incredibles, it's just like another animated movie. It's it's not really gonna stand out as like a test of time kind of film. Why not? Is it animation in general you don't think could stand? I don't. I don't think they are. There's nothing. Are we, in did we forget the Lion King? Or yeah, well Toy Story. Like, <laughs> the Lion King is like the okay, Lion yeah, King is like the greatest yeah, but then movie that's of all like time. Nostalgia, isn't it for us? No, you know, it's just a great film. Toy the Story Lion King is, is a great film because they're, they're making a new one now, aren't they? They're what the new, a Lion, new King? Lion King? And the thing is, I'm not even so excited far. about the new Lion King. I just feel like nothing will ever live up to the original. Like because it's nothing. nostalgic, right? No, it's it not. It's not just. It's not just nostalgic, but it was actually a good movie. Like it was a really, really good movie. And when you watch it now, it's like, oh my gosh, so much death, so much pain. Wow, you know. <laughs> do you, Do you think that the 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 live action movie would make as much money if famous actors and actresses weren't portraying the roles? You think it would? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's because just, I mean, cause it's just such a massive film, okay. I think it doesn't really matter who's in it. Yeah, because that's what I'm trying to highlight his point. Because if they, if they are iconic for us because of our age, mm. and when we watched it, which I'm not sure I agree with, because I think parents do show their kids the, these films still. But if that was the case, then I don't think a film would make as much money if it didn't have famous people in mm. when they're doing a remake. Because you have to think about Lion King's been in theatre for like how many years, and no one, yeah. no one, no one who's famous is and in it. And to be fair, I didn't. I, I, I do. I'm quite 
okay with watching theatre performances, but the Lion King one was actually really good. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really but good. I think there's. I think you could go on a list of the Disney films, the Disney animated films. Obviously, Lion King's the top one. But Ratatouille like is a good one as well. I hmm? think Ratatouille. Do you know I've not actually seen Ratatouille? Oh my god, she's oh. good. But it's a bit itchy though, like because it's nasty. Like when you think about it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there's other films though, like Aladdin. You've got Never like seen Aladdin either. Jungle Book. Oh, Jungle you've got Book. In in a sense, Bambi. Like the films like that. Oh, Bambi was good. They're all like iconic films. Although unfortunately, they all did have. Yeah. Okay, but I get that. But like one thing about Disney. Basically, Ollie, you're wrong. I know. I'm trying to back my own point <laughs> up here. I mean, it's four people. <laughs> no, but like everything that Disney try and do, it's like it's trying to be unique. So. And they're trying to do it throughout the world. So they have like uh, Middle East with like Aladdin. They've got um, Europe with Ratatouille, and it's about the the rat with the food. And Incredibles is just like it's not really anything. It's American, yeah, isn't it? Just American, like American, American superheroes. American, but that's, American that's dream. just like we've got enough of that already. I guess. So is your argument that is your argument that the Incredibles and certain animated films don't stand the test of time, or that animated films in general, like? lack something that means that they'll be kind of relevant in a few time. Yeah, I'd say there's there's something that they're lacking. It's not the the storyline or it's just the fact that, I don't know, maybe just because it's animated, I don't think that it's going to stand the disagree. test of time. I Lion King is actually amazing. And like when Mufasa dies, it's like, oh my gosh, like oh, yeah. people are still talking about Mufasa dying now. Okay, yeah, but you felt that for that, but you didn't feel that for Incredibles 2 or Finding Nemo. No, not really. Else. Incredibles 2 was boring. That's taste though, isn't it? Yeah, I, don't, I think Lion King is definitely... An iconic movie. Oh, like yeah. I don't think I think anyone that, can I think that's it. a unique one as well though, just because that's been in the theaters, hasn't it? No, even before the theatre though. Even before the theatre, because when did it? When is it? How long has it been running in the theatre in this country? I don't know, but like, like Lion King is a twenty-year-old movie or something like that. Like, it's actually a very, very old movie, and I think the fact that people are still talking about it till this day, I don't think it's so much nostalgia. I think it's just because it's a good movie. Alright, I think animations also. Especially kind of hand-drawn ones like Snow White, Lion King, things like that. They 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 do stand the test of time because they're timeless. Like, but are, that, are they timeless or are they historic? Are they historic because they made a moment in time that was different? To no, every I, other I just film? think the style of animation, like it hasn't actually like Disney certainly hasn't actually changed much from like Snow White in like I want to say the thirties up to like you know the nineties when the Lion King came out. Like you know the the animation style was very similar, and you could watch both of them and think. If you said how long how long apart were they made, you probably wouldn't say like forty, fifty odd years. You you know, I'd, I'd, I'd say I'd say it's a good chunk more, but not not as much as you're saying. Yeah, I agree. It's not thirty. I wouldn't say thirty years. I'd say a few years though. So that's slightly different. I can yeah, I think see in the, the finish is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you watch Lion King, you can actually see like true outlines and stuff. Yeah, true. But yeah, I think yeah. like so. Okay, watching films from the sixties, like the the. The, the camera quality is so is quite grainy, and you can tell from films now when you've got IMAX things like that. The actual the quality of the image is much better. But I was just wondering maybe animation because a lot of it's hand drawn and you know the way it's produced. Um, maybe it just has that a bit more of a timeless quality that mm -hmm. you wouldn't watch it and think that you could watch a film uh, like a celluloid real film. I don't know. I'm just my mind's not, brain's not working at the moment, but um, and you think I say, well, was this pre or post 1918? You could probably look at the quality of the film and say, oh, this is definitely pre 80. But if I gave you an animation, I think it'd probably be much more difficult for you to to kind of place it in time. Mm -hmm. 
can I'm uh, just gonna backtrack on something I said a minute ago actually. Uh, I actually don't. I've just thought about it, and do you know what? I think actually, Incredibles two, as good as it, I thought it was. I think it has hindered the uh, the uh, standing the test of time of the, the Incredibles. What I way? think it's as what? prominent now. I don't know because because it's not as good. I think because I wanted the second one, and I was like, yeah, I really want the second one, and I've got that. I wanna. I don't know. Just. I, I've just thought about it, and it's just made me think that maybe it wasn't as good. Like the, like that the first one wasn't as good. No, sorry, that oh, it hasn't made. One? Sorry, that was the wrong word. Uh, it hasn't got as much. Um there was things <laughs> a minute ago. You like when you say it would heighten it though, because I think you said yeah, that, you said that a while ago that if the, if the sequels it. aren't as good, it might heighten the first one. So does that not do it for yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I think it does. I think it's made it so it's for me that this first one is better by. Okay. But the, but, the, but the series has been yeah. like dragged down yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, dragged down. Like you're not looking back for it as much anymore okay. because okay. the second one's come out. Yeah. And I, I don't really see a point in the third one, so I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah. Fair. When's the third one coming out? There's a third one? No, no but I'm just saying there's no, there's no, there's like, there's no ending to make it. Like yeah, yeah. It's open, but it's not like I'm going, oh, where is the third one? I was like, if they do have a third one, I just hope they just kick everyone out and just have <laughs> Jack Jack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty good. So I want to talk about so one of the films I watched from 1961 is Breakfast at Tiffany's. Now, you'd on the face of it, I'm pretty sure everyone in here would have heard of Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah. Whether it's because of Audrey Hepburn, whether it's because of the song by Deep Blue Something, um, it is an iconic film. And the character of Holly Golightly, which is the character that uh, Audrey Hepburn plays, is iconic. She has an iconic, really long cigarette. Um, holder. She has like a little black dress and hats. Like her as a character very iconic. But I, w I watched it yesterday for the first time and the reason I chose it was because again I've heard of it. I wanted to watch different films so I watched like the kind of the hippie Easy Rider I watched kind of the dark gritty Midnight Cowboy and I thought I watched something a little bit lighter from the earlier in the decade and I thought it, I thought it would stand the test of time because I've heard of it. It's iconic. But I, I would say it wouldn't because Aside from the plot, which is pretty standard rom-com, there's a character in it called, I think, Mr. Yoanashi, who is a Japanese character, but he's played by an American white guy called Mickey Rooney. And the portrayal of this guy is so offensive that I think, you know, obviously it might have been, I don't know if it was, it might have been more acceptable back then, but it's certainly not acceptable now. And I think things like that can really undermine a film so mickey rooney like he is a caricature he's got like buck teeth the prosthetics makes you know obviously his eyes kind of more more narrow and basically he's just a fool he like walks into all doors and everything and the accent that he puts on is so exaggerated and the character is is basically just there as an, a nuisance and an idiot that i think the, the kind of the offensive level that this is pitched at um would now it doesn't it doesn't work for now because you know audience is much more nuanced and much more kind of tolerant and and just that sort of thing wouldn't be acceptable um and i think like that you know films like that whereas you know maybe films would feature language or portrayals of characters like blackface things like that which you know back then maybe was accepted but nowadays we'd be like no you can't you can't do that so what are there any films that you guys watched I was going to say, what was so iconic about your film? 
I think it's the portrayal of Holly Golightly. So just the way that her character is, is Aud- dressed. Did you say Audrey Hepburn? Yeah. yeah. And Audrey Hepburn was a star and like she's very glamorous and it's just one of those films. It's like Is it is it at Amsterdam where they've got the Audrey Hepburn thing in the museum? Am I am I getting her confused with someone else? Are you thinking of Anne Frank? No, 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 no. Okay. We, no, no, you don't. We went to a museum in Amsterdam. Uh, us three went. And upstairs on the second floor, there was like a little thing. I was We only went to one. I'm sure we only, we only no, went No, you're talking Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Although, actually, um, the director did want her for the part before. But because... I'm not um, good at this movie So basically, thing. Holly Golightly is a socialite. Um, uh, and she basically, she just wants to marry men for their money. That's all she wants. She ju- she's just very materialistic, very kind of extroverted and quite promiscuous, but in a sense that like she's just like, oh, this is the ninth richest man in America. I'm going to seduce him and, and marry him for his money, which, again, I don't think is quite the sort of portrayal of females that, that you know, would be like highly regarded in, in Hollywood now. Um, and Marilyn Monroe turned it down because it would have maybe damaged her image. But, yeah, I was just wondering, like, are there films that you guys have watched or that you can think of that you're like, yeah, there's something in it which, whilst the film might be well-renowned, and, you know, obviously it was nominated for Oscars and things like that, but because of the portrayal of this one particular character, it's just not acceptable now. Maybe White Chicks, actually, when I think about it. because Yeah, everyone likes White Chicks, but when you think of the portrayal of the White Chicks, I can see how someone would be offended by that, because they're very ditzy. Um, Their makeup is really horrible. Um, their hair is like super blonde. So like I can see how someone can get offended. So I'm not sure how well White Chicks would do if it came out now. And that's that's interesting because White Chicks only came out like, what, 10 or so years ago. Yeah. And what about... Um, but but you just... I think for me, although it could probably be offensive, I just find it funny. Like, I think... It, I think, yeah, it's like... It's but you're not a... You know, you're not a, a, white, a white female. This is also very true. But also I was thinking yeah. um, of Tropic Thunder which yeah which came out maybe what like 10 years ago where he dresses up well he is essentially black does it, face, isn't does it, it? Or does it depend on the way they put it across to you because if someone was to just act and put this makeup on and then try and portray someone else is it that's that's, that's i still really think it's problematic because whether so say if a, a white character is dressed up now as a japanese character or in the case of what we've heard reports from the live action Aladdin, like they're, you know, having darker makeup put on them to make them seem a bit more Middle Eastern. Um, or, you know, Robert Downey Jr. putting on kind of makeup to make himself seem more African American. Like, I'd, I, it's, it's whether it's makeup prosthetics or whether you're just casting someone playing another race, I think it's not acceptable. You've got whitewashing, you've got like all that sort of thing with, you they know. They cast him as another race though, did they? Who? Robert Downey Jr.? No. But I think that his portrayal, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, looking back on it, you know, he's, it, it is, I'm not saying, quite, I'm not seems saying, quite, like, I'm not saying it's not bad. Problematic. I'm just, I'm just saying they didn't, that he wasn't cast as that race. It was just, I don't know what it was, but he. Yeah, I just think, I don't know if that, that sort of portrayal would happen nowadays. I don't know. I think people will definitely get offended. Because people get offended by anything and everything nowadays. True. And I think, um, you know, I think with films, um, directors and people who are involved in the films are trying to please everyone. So I think if you have a movie now where someone is blackface, it's just it's a bit silly because 
if there are adequate black actors, then why not just use a black actor or black actress? Why do you have to have to have someone in blackface? Um, so I think it just raises questions like that, especially when you know the climate is quite hot um, around that topic. Then why would you want to do something like that? So what do you think if Tropic Thunder were to come out now? I don't know. I just, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm coming from it from a different perspective because it's not my kind of ethnicity that's being kind of caricatured. But I look at it, I'm thinking, actually, yeah, you know, looking back on it, like, it, it seems quite problematic to me. It does. No, I, I'm not, I'm not, dis- yeah, I wouldn't d- disagree that it's not problematic, but I don't know. It's, I don't know how to explain it, really. Like, I, I wouldn't do it in a film, but what's the context it was in? And depends on also how he's also being portrayed. If he's being portrayed as like someone who's like really silly and, um, which is what I think he, w- I think he was in Tropic Thunder, wasn't he? No, that was his, his like, character as an actor. It wasn't him like portraying like so another ethnicity. Were they? I think if, if they'd done it and then they were saying like, yeah, you know, this is kind of wrong, then maybe. It's I think they did point that out okay. to him in the film. Oh yeah, because the other characters like you can't do that. He says. Who do you mean, you people? And he goes, who do you mean, yeah. you people? Or something yeah. like that, doesn't he? Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. It's, uh, it's an interesting topic, like, because I, I, I wouldn't even thought of that when you said it, so... But it's just when I was watching Breakfast at Tiffany's, I was like, nah, this wouldn't come out. This wouldn't, yeah, this no, wouldn't be acceptable at this, this yeah. But that, that's not why that film's remembered, is it? It's, like, the song, it's the, the chick in the black dress yeah. and, the like you said, the smoking and the... But isn't there a cafe now? There's actually a, a Tiffany's cafe in, in, in New York or wherever it is. I think it's literally like a film can be shit but have one classic scene that people think of. So it's like if it's I'm not saying the Matrix is shit, but like the original <laughs> like the scene that you think of is either the numbers scrolling down yeah, or yeah. like when Neo's like on his knee on his uh, legs doing the like flipping back or like basic instinct. I haven't seen it, but it's when, you know, she's flipping the legs. You know? It's literally like it's it's a snippet of a movie that will make it stand the test of time. Exorcist. I, I haven't watched that and I don't plan to ever watch it all the way through. But but the thing I remember about it that I know and I've seen is when the girl's head just twists around her body and yeah. everyone's like, oh my God. Or when she's crawling down the stairs like backwards, arms I mean, and legs. The Exorcist, weird. yeah, is an iconic horror film. But I think, you know, and talking about graphics, like the graphics in that are shocking. <laughs> like it just, it looks so like, obviously it's fake, but you know, it just, it just kind of, now you look back at it, it looks really dated. But yeah, it's, People still revere it as a very scary, like benchmark of a horror, horror film. Do you guys think that movie? Um, it came out recently. The movie with the family who have the um, is it a deaf girl? Um, they have a deaf daughter. It's just the one where it's like the there's no place. one about. Quiet place. Yeah. Do you think that movie will, would stand the test of time? <laughs> no, because that I don't know. Like for me, I don't think it will. Why? I don't think it was a good movie. Um, in the sense that the reason why I don't think it was I felt like when I watched it I felt like I was dropped into the movie I didn't feel like it had any like context to it at all like I don't feel like I understood what was going on um, but I think that's just me some people like feeling like you know they're dropped into the movie and they can progress to the movie but I felt very lost in the movie when I was watching it but I do think it was very good in the sense that they had this child who couldn't hear here right yeah. yeah and um, I don't think I've seen that kind of movie before where you have a child who can't hear and she's the main character. So I think for me, it was unique in that sense. Um, and maybe maybe iconic in a sense as well. Yeah, I think yeah. I think certainly it will be talked about for a long time, whether decades long, I'm not sure. But yeah, like you said, it's it's a different, 
it, it's representing people that we don't really see represented and also in terms of the film how the film's constructed itself whereas like you know the whole audience ha was silent because yeah. the whole movie kind of gives you that sense of like threat and suspense because of of how quiet the movie is itself and i think it, in terms of the way it's constructed it's, it was quite interesting see I, I think I thought it was a good film and I like I like the way they portrayed it from that character's point of view and showed the vulnerability and like how they could their surroundings and everything with very like minimal sound almost but although I was ruined in my cinema because someone was munching bare food but <laughs> um, I think uh, this is probably contradicting the point I made earlier but maybe maybe my point's based on a certain genre or a certain topic of film but because they're bringing out another one soon oh, yeah. yeah they've announced another one for next year. I think that will, unless this film proceeds to be as good, I think it, I don't see it, I, see, I'm going to contribute my point. It, it, <laughs> it, 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 I think to me, it's all dependent on how well the other film does to okay. make this first film, I would have made it iconic if another film wasn't coming out, I think personally, because it hits loads of milestones yeah. for this film and this genre of film. Um, but I just, I just honestly don't think there's a necessity to make a second film. But obviously, Hollywood likes to make money wherever money can be made. So. Yeah. I wonder what they're going to do with it. I don't know. I think there should be one and done. Probably, yeah, probably quite yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but so, okay, just we've only got a few minutes left, but I just want to kind of end on a, a quick question. Do you think it may be with the proliferation of films being remade and sequels to everything and anything, is it going to be more difficult for films that have come out in the last eight years and within the next few years to become, you know, as iconic and as, you know, withstanding the test of time uh, as the films in the last six decades we've been talking about? I think you're more likely in this uh, era of films to appreciate like series. So like Fast and Furious, you know, like the Marvel, all the Marvel films and that sort of thing, rather than individual films by themselves, because films keep coming out so quickly. And basically we're at the point now where if a film does well, you're pretty much guaranteed to get a sequel. So it's, it's going to be this series has stood the test of time yeah. rather than this individual film. I think so. I think the older movies will probably stand the greatest test of time as opposed to new movies just because there was more of a focus on the plot mm. and now you know now we're lost in the graphics like we said already we're lost in um the title as opposed to the film itself um and there's more of like a cult following when it comes to movies so people not really seen the movie for what it is but because of the, the names like with star wars for example we've not really seen it for what it is we've just seen it because of star wars avatar the same um so i think there's more of a following so I think because the audience has changed, I feel like the movies will lose their iconic value because we're sort of, we've almost dumbed film down um, to in a sense. Um, and because of that, I don't think any film that's created in this generation will be iconic. I mean, I, I think I, I agree to you with your point and I think um, the older films will just stand out more and I think that films to try and stand out will try and base their films off older films which are d deemed iconic. And yeah, I, I just don't know. It's a tricky one to like try and follow on from, really. I think. And I think, like you, you're saying a series of films. I think a lot of films these days are just turning into not a series of films, but a series. True. So, yeah. Well, yeah, the market's been absolutely saturated, hasn't true. it? So. I don't know. I think that now because we've got a PC culture that films that do have a little bit of controversy would stand for longer than 
any other film that's made and is trying to make everyone happy, that's not the point of a film. I mean, like as much as a director, you want you want people to enjoy the movie, but you make it for I don't know. You can make it for uh, the story that you're trying to tell or the point that you're trying to make at, at the end of it. But I think that that's even that's been threatened now. So the plots of movies, Christine, as you were saying, I think the the plot and the making of movies, uh, the script, it's all it's all kind of crumbling to be honest. And they're focusing now more about the image of what they're creating. Cause this is more mainstream though. I think maybe there'll be a move towards more independent movies. Yep. Maybe people will start going out to see independent movies. Because like, for example, one independent movie I really, really loved was Queen of Catway. I thought that was really amazing. But it bummed in the cinema. Um, didn't have like, you know, in terms of marketing, didn't really have like good marketing behind it. I think it was, I think it was way better than a lot of movies that came out in that year. Um, had that, an actual plot. But because it doesn't have the cult following, because it doesn't have a big name, um, people didn't go to see it but hopefully now with like the change in movies in the mainstream maybe independent movies will start to get a bit more light being thrown on them i think that's why it's important to keep oscars as like you know not to have a popular popular category because you know things like moonlight things like hurt like all these like more independent films wouldn't have had you know it boosts them doesn't it um well, maybe we should reconvene in 30 years' time and uh, yeah. see how many films from the past decade or so have, <laughs> have stood the test of time. I think we're, we're pretty much out yeah. of time. I'm conscious that there might yeah. be another booking in here afterwards. Um, but I wanted to just thank you all for, for taking the time to you know, discuss this. Christine, thanks so much for coming thanks on. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. You're welcome back anytime. Um, where can people follow you and the film club? Um, follow the film club on underscore the film club underscore on twitter and um, on instagram but we're not really that active on instagram but hopefully we will become more active on instagram but we're quite active on twitter um yeah so you should follow us is there like amazing. a mailing list or anything there is a mailing list so if you follow us on twitter then you will see the main list in the bio so do join um because we have so many more events that we want to kind of like get through this year so follow us Perfect. Well, great. It's been a pleasure having you on. And uh, thanks all. And you can follow us at YSC Podcast 17. We're on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes and SoundCloud under your average critics, although we are not nearly as uh, (laughs) active as we should be. I I don't ever go on Instagram. (laughs) You can do the social media. You can do the social media. Um, And then, yeah, just to reiterate, Christine in the film club is underscore the film club underscore on Twitter. Thank you. Peace. Thanks, guys. Thank <laughs> you.